reignite your passion for God and for His work. Listen to Bishop Edwin Morgan Ogo, the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International Adenta Branch, as he comes your way on this podcast with the creative force of God's Word. Bishop Ogo also pastors the Flaming Fire Service, a vibrant youth service filled with energetic young people who are ablaze for the Lord. He is also the evangelist of the Greater Love Roadshow, a unique outreach program that ministers the soul-saving love of Jesus Christ to a hurting world through music, dance, and the life-giving word of God. Now listen to Bishop Edwin Ogo. As we take our testimony this morning, Monica Mante, I believe, is our lady this morning who wants to give her testimony to the Lord. Put your hands together for her. She wants to testify of the goodness of the Lord. Amen. Please, my name is Monica Nayokomante. I'm from Wisdom Zone. My Zippy's name is Zippy Kinkau. I want to testify about something great that God has done for my family. We've been having a land court case for over 20 years now. And any time the court is about to declare a winner, a member of my family will just die mysteriously. Five years ago was two of my uncles. Just last two years was my dad. And after my father is dead, one of my uncles came down from USA to take in charge over the court case. And ever since he arrived, he'd been falling sick here and there. But by the grace of God, he's doing well. Last two weeks, the court declared us winners. And the most amazing part is that I have five brothers. According to them, when they walked down from the courtroom, a strange man walked to them and he told them that you've won this court case years back, but your enemies were using ways and means to take it away from you. Then it made me realize some of the declaration Bishop has been declaring over our lives, that anything that belongs to you, which the enemy is using ways and means to take it by force, God is giving it back in Jesus' name. And I believe... And I believe that is what has worked in my life. Um, our land is over 500 acres. And by the grace of God, it's been given back to us. I want to thank Bishop and Pastor Akins for their endless um, prayers upon our lives. And I want to thank my pastor also. I want to encourage someone here that when you come to church and Bishop is making any form of declaration, please don't be hesitant. Raise your hand, receive it, and with faith, you also receive your blessing one day. Thank you. Oh, she deserves a louder clap, and the Lord deserves even a louder clap unto the Lord. Remember that indeed you are more than a conqueror, aren't you? No matter what comes against you, no matter the weapons that are fashioned against you, you will emerge conqueror. Hallelujah. Eh? Africa. It's only in Africa. 20 solid years fighting over some land. But the Lord will deliver us. Amen. Put your hands together for the Lord one more time. As we invite the ministry of our sister Maya Club.
Jesus, we thank you for the privilege to be in your presence. We ask you to speak to us through your word. Give us direction for our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may please be seated. And please turn your Bible to Galatians chapter 2. And in verse 20, we find the foundational text for the series I'm still teaching, titled, The Life I Now Live. The Life I Now Live. The life I now live. Paul speaking says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. The life I now live. It is very important for every Christian to understand that when you come into Christ, you will begin a life which should be and is different from the life you lived before you came to Christ. That is why this teaching is very important. Because if you were a womanizer before you came to Jesus, when you come to Jesus, you have to ask yourself, the life I now live, does it allow womanizing? That is a very important question. If you were kind before you gave your life to Christ, a kind person, you have to ask yourself that the life I now live, does it allow 
if you are the type who got angry very easily and could remove your clothes, your shirt, anywhere and fight, when you finish, you wear your shirt and continue moving, you ask yourself. Because, you see, the Christian life is a life. It's a full life. It's not some evening classes or a side plate or some extra something you add on to your old life. It is a full life. If any man be in Christ. Verse 17 of 2 Corinthians 5. He is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. New. So every Christian ought to ask himself or herself, first of all, every Christian ought to know that the Christian experience is a life that is lived. It's a type of life. The choir sang the other day a song by Andre Crouch, living this kind of life. It's a life. It is a full life. Christianity is a full life. It is not an extra Sunday church attendance you add to your old life. It's very important to be clear in your mind. Otherwise, you will be in the church, live like an unbeliever, and end up like an unbeliever. There are many people in the church like that. Who just come to church. For, for some people, Christianity just means stopping fornication and attending church. Stopping stealing and attending church. But we learned that it's more than that. It's a life that is a spiritual life. A spiritual life. And one reason why I'm sharing this message with you is that if you know what this life is about, you benefit maximally. You enjoy it fully. There are many people in the church who are not enjoying the Christian life. The joy of the Lord is not in them. Because every life must be learned how to live. Yes, even if you move from one bank to another bank, they are both banking institutions, but you are taking through orientation. Ideally, this message must be taught to every Christian. As soon as you give your life to Christ, you must be taught about this life. The nonsense that is not tolerated in this life. The things you are doing that can continue in this life. The things you are doing that must not be done in this life. 
a real shepherd. Because you see, that's why Jesus Christ presented himself as a door. He said, I am the door. And a door gives access to people. Through a door, you are allowed to move into another space. But another role of a door is that a door closes. I am the door. So a a good leader must shut certain doors. Must not allow certain things to continue. A good leader must be a door for someone to say that since I met Christ and came under this shepherd, I have been shown the door. It's a phrase. To show someone the door doesn't mean as a person to look at it. If you show someone the door, it means you are asking the person to leave. And a true shepherd shows the door. Yes, leave this life. Leave this man's room. Through the shepherd, certain habits must end. A good shepherd, when you are under him, facilitates certain lifestyles. Helps you to continue living certain lives. But a good shepherd also, and that is the role of a door. But another role of a door is that the door shuts. Certain things cannot continue. So this morning, I am the door. Yes. Because of a door, you will not be able to go to certain places. Yes. There was a time I, I wanted to come in here. The doors were locked. There were doors and they were playing their role, serving their function. I couldn't enter. I had to stand outside and have some meetings. So because of a door, I could not enter a certain space. I want to be a door to you. Yes. That because of me, you cannot enter that girl's house again. Because of me, you cannot enter a drinking bar again. Yes. That because of me, you cannot beat your husband again. I am the door. When you meet a certain pastor and you are able to continue doing certain things you are doing, you have met an hireling. He is not a shepherd. A real shepherd is a door. Oh yes. A real shepherd is a door. Allows you to go in and also shuts. You cannot have a woman in your room 
you are not married to, you have been living with her for two years. It's, it's, it's not, it's, it's not the life I now live. When you start it, certain doors, the, the shepherd closes. Because of him, you cannot continue certain lives. That's why a door must be strong. Because some people can easily break a door. Yes. I want to be an Israeli door. A door that is from Israel. Yes, it's different from a Chinese door. Or a door which, has, which uh, they use raffia, raffia, uh, whatever to weave. Many of you are continuing certain things you were doing in the past. Your old life, the same. That girl is still in your life. That boy, you still, still you are still into clubbing. You just, you, you have just added Sunday's church service to your life. That is what is Christianity to you. But, but go back and listen to the messages I've preached in this series. I want to be a door. A real shepherd. Jesus was a door. And I do not want Jesus to be the only door. So, Paul said, the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God. That is faith. That's what why I taught on faith at the beginning. It's foundational. Believing things you don't see. Right here on earth. There are things you don't see. Here. But they are affecting your life more than you know. And after this life, there are things that heaven can see. Here on earth, there are things you must, you must believe. You don't just believe. Jesus Christ told Thomas that there's a group of Christians coming around who will not be like you, Thomas. You want to see before you believe. But there's a group of Christians going to come who will not see, but they will believe. Today we have come to sow seeds to help build the house of God. Yes. Depending on how your faith is working, you see blessings. You have faith that what you are doing is going to bring a blessing. I saw, I was with a pastor and he showed me four pictures. Of a selfie a girl took. Give your phone. Phone, yes. Then she turned. Have I taken four? Three, yeah. 
when she took the pictures, in all the four pictures, there was a monkey sitting on her shoulder. Yes. You've seen the pictures. She came to the Kodesh. She could not believe it. There were pictures last year circulating of a brother who went to visit his father in the hospital. He were, the father was and he had some siblings in London or somewhere who couldn't come to see the father. So he took a picture of the father to show the siblings, the brothers and sisters. When he took the picture, there was a cat sitting at the top on the hospital. There was a shelf. And there was a cat sitting on it. Yes. Black cat with white eyes. Cry. There may be a monkey on somebody's. Yes. Next two weeks, we are having fresh winds. Whether you believe it or not, it is affecting your life more than you do. Yeah. You don't need to believe. A lot of things you don't need to believe. They are, they are even. It's okay. Let me just preach what I want to preach. Today, I want to talk about habits. Habits. This life. The life I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God. I've taught on this life being a spiritual life. This life being a life of faith. Today, we've got a few minutes. We're about to take communion. But I want to share with you some habits. Every life is full, full of habits. Full. The life of a teacher. My mother was a teacher. Full of habits. I can even remember habits. Habits. Every evening, by around 7 o'clock, she'll be at her table preparing notes. Today, I don't even know if teachers prepare notes. I, I doubt it. Every lesson she taught, she prepared notes. Red and blue pen. I remember. Habits. She had certain clothes she wore. It's a habit. Because she was a teacher. Habits. My father was a doctor. The few years I got to know him or to, to be with him before he passed, I saw habits as a doctor. Morning, every, by 5 a.m., BBC is on listens to it, just finishes and a car will come for him to the hospital. Sometimes he will take me along. I was a little boy. I will go and sit in a corner and watch him as he's working. Habits. After work, you go to some places, the ward, so on. Habits. I didn't get to see a lot of it, just a few years because he died when I was a little boy. Habits. Every life has habits. As a pastor, forget that I'm a Christian. As a pastor, I have habits that I have to follow 
every day. Now, if you are a Christian, this life, in fact, there can't be a life without habits. Yes. When I was an unbeliever, I had habits. To come to my house on Friday night to look for me meant you didn't know me. You didn't know the life I lived. <laughs> yeah. There was a place you would find me on Friday night. Even that night, that night, Friday night from 8 p.m. to 5 or 6 a.m., depending on the time, you will find me in certain places. Because I wasn't at one place the whole night. I would move or we would move from place to place. Clockwork. Just spend this time here. You move. And you move. Habits. Let me give you some habits that I expected of you. And the habits are the habits of Jesus. You see, before you write, let me say that it is unfortunate that today it is pastors who must strive to be Christians. Shepherds who must mirror Christ. But if you are not a pastor, it's a free for all life. That is true. The average Christian sitting in church doesn't have any sense of responsibility, any imposition from without to live a certain life. It's almost like it is only if you are a pastor that certain standards must be kept. But I want you to know that pastors are not the only Christians on earth. And pastors are not special. You also must be like Christ. The name is Christ's in. Like Christ. It's not only pastors who must be spiritual. It's not only pastors who must be spiritual. Why should Pastor Albert and his wife and I be the only ones who must not fornicate? Like because I preach. Even though my wife is at home and I've seen this girl that I like, I should remember that I'm a pastor and not sleep with her. Why should I be the only one? Are you also not a Christian? Why? 
only one who must use my iPad to take notes and uh, 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 what do you call it? Visit dagwardmills.com or BBC. Why should I be the only one who should not watch pornography? Why? Are you not a Christian? When you hear I've stolen money from the church, how? 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 But when a politician steals money, he is promoted. For doing well. But he goes to lighthouse. Nobody, you won't see in the newspapers that uh, as they are describing the money he has stolen, they'll be mentioned that he's a Methodist. You won't hear that one. That he's a Methodist. That he's a Presbyterian. That he goes to action. That he's a lighthouse member. You will never see it. You will only see where he worked and uh, the amount of money he stole. And so, but when a pastor steals money, you will hear that he's a pastor. Why? I want to cry. No, I'm asking, why should I be the only one to live a, a spiritual life? What about you? I don't understand the message I'm preaching. The people who work with God. And were godly. That God called his friends. A man after my. They were not even pastors. They were not pastors. Abraham was not a pastor. He was a businessman. Abraham never. He didn't have a church. He was not an elder in Pentecost. A, a, A man who met God. David was not a pastor. You never hear anywhere in the Bible where like David preached the sermon or he went into the temple and rather he had a pastor called Abiata. He was a king. He was a president of a country. Abba! Today, if you are a businessman, it means you must be a crook. I'm, I'm saying that why should pastors be the only ones to keep standards what about you what is that man doing in your life are you not a are you not supposed to be a christian you see why i'm saying is that as i'm beginning to speak you say ah but this is a pastor's work why should it be a pastor's work why should the habit I'm about to list be the habit of a pastor? Why? Many of us are hell bound. I'm telling you. You'll be surprised that you'll be in church and end up in hell. You'll be surprised. you sit in church and end up in hell. I'm trying. I'm trying. It's not easy. It's not easy to be broke and see church money and not take some. It's very, very difficult. I'm trying. You, you, get up. Get up, please. Sorry. You're a bank manager. Sorry. Get up. 
Look, look at them. Look at the nice girls. Can you see them? Plenty. Of course, some to the hairstyle. I don't know what, 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 what was on her mind when she went to wear that wig. I don't know what is wrong with you. A, a, a woman, you're going to put something like a barrette on your head. But generally, can't you see that nice girls are in the church? Yes. But if I'm a pastor and you are a bank manager and you are in the church, you just clear, you're like a clearing agent. <laughs> clearing agent. But if I go and touch one girl, you dear, you are free to clear. Clearing agent. That behavior is ending today as we learn about habits. Put your hands together for Jesus. Why? Why? Because I know that the girl you are chasing, if you were a pastor, you wouldn't do that. Oh, I, I know pastors who sleep around, but generally we, we are trying to be. I'm saying that if you were a pastor, you wouldn't do what you are doing. But because you're not a pastor, Tale, you cry. You cry, I cry. You cry, I cry. But you won't cry again. I said, you won't cry again. Number one, I think my time is even up. Yes. Number one, the, 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 um, what is the name of the thing called? The first habit is a habit of loving the word of God. And it's not only pastors who must love the word of God. It's a habit, the life which I now live in Christ. Loving. Love, love, you like the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 11. Thy word, thy word have I hid in mine heart. This is not a pastor speaking. This is the president of a country. Yes. This is the president of a country. A politician is the one speaking. Making a road from Jerusalem to Antioch. He signs contract. This is a politician speaking. He stood for elections. Even the prophet who should have voted for him did not vote for him. David stood for election with Eliab and other brothers and he won the elections. This is not a pastor. This is a politician. Do you understand English? Why? Today, is there a president you know? A politician? Thy word is so special that I've hidden it. Today, politicians are rather hiding money in foreign banks. 
But this politician said, thy word have I hid, I've hidden it. I've hidden it. Oh. A more boy. A more boy. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I love the word of God so much. Why? So that I can quote it for people to know that I, I, I am a man of the word. I said, thy word have I hid in my heart that when I'm giving my speeches to parliament, I might add some scriptures from Malachi for them to know that I am also a Methodist, that I also go to Presby, that I'm also a Catholic, that I'm also an, an action member, I'm a Christian. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might quote it once a while. Is that the reason why David hid the word of God in his heart? But you hear politicians, they'll say, the battle is the Lord's. The battle is the Lord's. Talabota. Nuncho Talabota. The war, the battle is yours. Nunchon Ta Lebo Ta. Nunchon. The battle. They'll come on the stage with a white handkerchief as if they are dancing in Pentecost. Before they speak and talk about the manifesto, the DDT manifesto, they will shout, The battle is the last! So you will know instantly that this man is a godly man. But David did not hide the word of God in his heart because he wanted to show that he knew the scriptures or quote the scripture. He said, the reason why I love the word of God is that I am afraid of sin. Why should not a president, a businessman, a student not be afraid of sin? The reason is that I might not sin. Papa, is sin on your heart. As you are sitting here this morning, is sin, the word sin on your mind. You are looking for lunch. You are looking for accommodation. If sin was on your mind, you would behave differently. Sin. But this is a politician. Sin was on his mind. Loving the word of God. Loving the word of God. Treasuring the word of God. The things you treasure are the things you hide. Yes. Oh, yes. You won't come. It's only once my wife and I went to a man's house in East Legon many years ago. This was about 30, 27 years ago. East Legon. I've not seen that before. We saw a heap of sand inside the living room. 
it was an uncompleted house. They, they had a house they were building, but they were living, which is the, the right way to live. Once you do roof, you must not pay rent again. Yes, time to move. Stay in it. Use wawa board for the windows. One day you have proper glass. So the man had sand in his living room. I remember we sat around a heap of sand. They were about to screed the floor. But normally, if you come to my house, there's a heap of sand outside my house. You won't come to my bedroom and find sand. Why? Because I don't treasure sand. But there are things I have hidden in my house. Stones are not one of them. What you hide is what you treasure. If you don't treasure it, it's outside. That's why I can come to your house. In front of your house, I can pick stones. Because it's not... I, 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 I will never come... Somebody like you, I'll come in front of your gate and find 50 Ghana cities, one, one, one bundle lying there. Even if you mistakenly leave it, the money knows you. It will scream. I'm saying that the things which are important are inside our bags, our wardrobe, under our bed. Some of you have cut your bed mattress and put it inside and burst it around it. Why? Yeah, because anything that is valuable is hidden. Thy word is so valuable. I love it so much that I have hidden it. So that, why do you hide money? So that you will never be poor. Anytime you want to buy bread, you can go and take some five Ghana and buy bread. You want milk. That's why we, hide. we don't put money in, in front of our, I mean, on the chair in our veranda or the porch. You come, you come visitors come and there's money lying around. But there's money in the house, it is hidden somewhere. That's why there's a bank. No, I don't know anybody who has taken a trip of sand that is going to keep it in the bank. A trip of sand. Double axle. <laughs> Why? Because once you don't value it, you don't hide it. Do you value the word of God? Because the truth is that you don't live by the word of God. That is not what guides you. The same Samoanite. Thy word. It's a lamp onto my feet. That is, I don't move without the word. That's the meaning. It's a lamp. Nobody will dare to walk in darkness if he has access to light. I feel like preaching, but my time is up. God should open the door for me next week to continue preaching. That's the reason, number two, why, why the word of God must be a habit. To love it. Why you must love it. Because it is the light. I mean, without it, you don't move. Today there are people here, a few of you here, not that, but I'm sure it's a few. Because you live in Ghana under good leadership. You have spent money 
to have solar panels. Solar, in case, like rarely, lights go off like once in about 20 years in Ghana. Like for that 20 years, the ones, you have solar. Yeah, because we have good leadership. You don't want to be in darkness. Why? Because you don't want to hurt yourself. You don't want to step on a scorpion. A habit of loving the word is very important because the word, I know, I know it's not a lamp onto your feet. Most of 99.9% of us here, the word is not what dictates the direction of our lives. When you say it's a lamp onto my feet and a light onto my path, it means that that is, you see, the word shines the light before I move. If there's no light, I'm not moving. Because don't be deceived by the sun outside. Isaiah 60 says, darkness shall cover the earth. And when it comes to the people, gross darkness. You need light to marry. Otherwise, you will marry a witch. A lot of men have married witches. You don't use sunlight to look at a woman. You don't use sunlight or fluorescent to look at a woman to marry. You must shine the word of God. When you shine the word of God, you see that her appearance changes. You use the word of God to look at a man. Or you, you doesn't understand what I'm saying. You doesn't understand it. What defines your movement? When you are moving, you are moving because of what? Sunlight? Shakabayandalabada. When the light of the word is in your heart, you say, no, I won't go. I'm waiting for 20 minutes. I won't go here. I'm moving here. Yes. The sun is out because you know that when you move here, Uncle Charles will see you. And he's already chasing you. Yes. He's chasing you. The last time he promised you five thousand dollars. He's on the left in that house. Uncle Charles is there. So even though the sun is out. You choose to turn right because the word of God is what is shining on your path. Good message, baby. I'm preaching, baby. Glory to God. The music you listen to, the website you visited, what was the source of the light you used to look at that your iPad. Thy word. Forgive me for shouting. I'm, I'm charged. If I get you, I'll beat you. 
Forgive me for shouting. The words you spoke to your wife, which light did you use to speak? Lift your right hand and say, I will love the word of God. Say, I'm a Christian. Say, I'm a Christian. I also need the light. I also need the light. And the light I use is the word of God. It's the word of God. Without God's word, my movements are questionable. Say, I move not with sunlight. Say, I move not with fluorescent light. I move. I move. I move. With the light of the word of God. Clap your hands for Jesus. It's a habit. I mean, you know, some of us don't have the habit. When you are doing things, it's not the word of God which shines on your path. I mean, when you are going somewhere, you go. I was going to America. I was going to stay there. I had everything to also live there. I'm not the only Ghanaian who would have lived in America. But the light of the word of God for me, for me, I need to know the word of God for myself. I was a pastor of a little church in a classroom. Twenty-something people, few. And the word of God spoke to me. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. You can't abandon these 30 guys and go to America and earn dollars. The word of God lighted my path. I changed my mind and I stayed. The rest, if I say, I'm not sure of some of you. Some people look like I'm robbers in the service. If I say, share my testimony, you can follow me to my house. The steps you take. What source of light do you use? So next week, we are going to talk about how to mobilize that light. The habits you need to mobilize. Not fluorescent light or solar light. But the steps you need to mobilize that light to shine on your path. If it shines on your path, your life will be different. Till next week, let's rise to our feet. your eyes please please close your eyes we want to pray I first of all want to pray for there's a brother here who wants to give his life to Christ a sister here wants to surrender her life to Christ and as every eye is closed every head is bowed I want to pray for you right now I want to say pastor pray for me I want to be born again if you are here like that, I want me to pray for you. Please lift your hand. I want to pray for you right now. Yes. 
Just lift your hand. You want to be born again. Lift your hand high. I see your hand. I see it. It's clear. Re- I can see your hand clearly. You are taking a step. Based on the light of the word, you can see that if you were to die right now, you go to hell. Lift your hand. I want to pray for you. Lift it high. Yes, I see your hand. I see your hand. If your hand is up, please take your bag, your notebook, your Bible, and meet me in front here. I want to pray for you here. Come. Your notebook, your bag, your Bible. Come. God bless you, money. Anybody else coming? Lift your two hands, please. Let me pray for you. What a blessing. What a blessing. Lift your two hands, please. And say after me, Heavenly Father, say, Heavenly Father, today I come to you. I realize that I am a sinner. Please have mercy on me and wash me with the blood of Jesus. Today, today, I commit myself to you. And I ask you to receive me. Please write my name in the book of life. I'm now a believer. I'm now born again. Jesus is my Lord. In Jesus' name. I say, I'm not going back. This is my home. My life is with Christ. No turning back. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We believe that you have been truly blessed. You can send a mail to Bishop Edwin Ogo at bishopedwinogo at gmail.com. Introduce this podcast to a friend, keep listening, and keep living passionately for God.